0: nbc he's on a show acting not just wrestling not just you know being a bonehead he is the uh plays stone cold steve
1: austin Steve austin
0: the man who revolutionized the wrestling and then the guy who made the poster said oh you know what we could actually put like a sign over their face like the title could be like over their face like because they're ashamed of uh, you know, like they got caught and they're ashamed. He's yeah. like, then we don't have to show their faces, we don't have to use their likenesses. We can we can use body likenesses. So this is PJ, your son, who's what, eight, 18 at the time? Um twenty.
1: Nineteen twenty somewhere. Nineteen twenty. Yeah, nineteen twenty. All
0: right, this is at a mall. Play it. This is a No 20 20, twenty, twenty. And this has eight and a half million views on his on his Twitter. Twitter. Yeah. And it's been everywhere.
1: Yeah, ESPN air the hell out of it. Center, was. He, he just made, he was over watch. Us. This is He's about sweater <laughs> on. And uh, he had a shot of steroids. I don't you know, whatever the fuck it was. So he comes out and he looks at my boy, and he has the sweater on. He just takes the needle, pops it open, sticks it in his arm through the sweater. Ah, and just like went back in the room, you know, and I so he's like, it was the wildest shit I ever seen in my do life. Do not
0: try this at home. Yeah,
1: don't try it at home. Fire out of Sacramento, California! Woo! What's it gonna
2: do? Better, stronger. Son of a bitch. Faster. Oh yeah!
0: Russell, are we we up and rolling?
2: Yep, how we're going.
0: All right. Yeah, yeah. So, Russell, today I have a a very special guest. Uh, Every once in a while, a friend of ours will roll into town. Somebody who's fun and fantastic. And uh, somebody that has been a really good friend of mine, my buddy Luke Hawks. who uh, Let me give him a little uh, introduction. If you guys don't know Luke, Luke is um, kind of really interesting. When I first met him, he was a professional wrestler. And he was a stuntman. And he was doing like a lot of kind of smaller, like independent wrestling kind of things and one thing uh interesting about luke was he just kind of knows everybody so uh he was friends with ct fletcher and one of the very first things he did to us which made us friends with him forever was he introduced us to ct fletcher and also like put us over big time to ct like you have to meet my friends the bell brothers they're amazing people and you need to meet them and um we went and met with ct did some videos with him that went viral and um just from there we've been friends with, with Luke because he's always been you know had our back and, and been our boy, but now he's doing some really cool shit. He is on a show on NBC. He's reached the pinnacle. NBC, he's on a show acting, not just wrestling, not just you know, being a bonehead. He is the uh, he plays stone cold Steve Austin on a show called Young Rock. And he also is the stunt coordinator. He can tell you more about it when I let him talk for a show called Heels on Stars, which is a wrestling show. So here's my buddy, Luke Hawk. What's what's up, buddy?
1: I got to start off with going, oh, hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. That's like what we got to start with, right? No, thanks for the great introduction. And as Chris said, man, we've been friends forever. But, you know... I feel like we were closer before, not before, closer. Just talk to me. I'm sorry. Look I'm, over I'm looking here, buddy. At the camera, because yeah, I like to look at it. the audience. That's, That's all right. but yeah, I'll talk to you. I thought you, you were a fucking actor, buddy. <laughs> I <am>. So, uh, <laughs> but um, I, I wouldn't say closer, but we've always been close, and I've always been very appreciative for you and your fam- your whole family. It's great, you know, just being around. Everybody from, tell from, me the from.
0: story of how you found out about me because I always remember this you went to blockbuster video Okay, so this uh, is a true
1: story true story. <laughs> it's a great story. So I never pick up videos that or, or, or Put on something that I don't I haven't seen an advertisement for and I want to watch it previously yeah. I always have a notion in my head that I want to watch something before I watch it It's never go. I don't scroll through something and go. Oh, let me watch this today like most people do. Yeah, right? it's just not how my brain fires so I went to um blockbuster to rent a movie that it came out and that's how old ago how how long ago it was it was blockbuster because there's still blockbusters around and i don't remember what movie it was but there were two films that caught my eye that day one was trailer park boys uh the tv movie yeah and then the other was bigger stronger faster and i seen both of them on the shelf and i said oh my god what is what is these videos i don't know what it was just something brought me to both of them and more so the bigger stronger faster
0: well i remember what it was you told me you said you saw the hulkster on the front well yeah the cover
1: was just amazing which
0: was actually chris mordetsky chris masters
1: the masterpiece master lock i'm a boy nwa wrestler he's he's on our show uh, november 12th and 13th i love that kid man he used to be
0: my roommate for a while he's a great guy he's he's a great guy he went through a crazy opioid addiction and the one like thing that we share um forever we're sort of bonded by it. is that like opioid addiction and like uh chris masters who's another he's a wrestler he's jacked he um he became my friend like well actually we've known him since he was 16 that dude was trying to wrestle since he was 16 and when he was 16 he was like the biggest 16 year old i had ever seen in my life and then he started lifting right and he was kind of chubby and he started like lifting and then he like he broke his leg in wrestling and then he came back like a year later, and Mark and I hadn't seen him in a year. He came back super jacked and shredded, and he, he was all gassed up. But he—he'll tell you that. And um, he came back, and I just never seen anybody that like looked that amazing.
1: And he was the cover of all the athletes on it, right?
0: Well, he, no, he was—he was, he was the—he played the Hulk Hogan, just Hogan. Guy. Yeah. So actually, it was Michael Hearn was Arnold Schwarzenegger. So we had a guy that was in. Well, actually, we had two different versions. The one version of um, Bigger, Stronger, Faster on the cover had Arnold Schwarzenegger in a suit as like the governor. And that was Michael Hearn. Um, but then we also had Arnold Schwarzenegger in Commando. And that was Christian Boving, who's oh, another yeah, fitness yeah, yeah. model. And then Barry Bonds was Rico McClinton. who used to be Flex Wheeler's training partner. Yeah. He's just, uh, you know, a, a jacked black guy that looked like kind of had the same build as Barry Bonds. Barry Bonds. And um, the guy that plays Rocky... Is this my friend? I actually call him Jim Rat Jesus. This guy from uh, from Gold's Gym that's just there every day. His name's Mark Schwartz. He's actually an attorney, but But, he's super shredded.
1: So I'm assuming that you hired all these guys, right? Yeah, you know
0: him. So you. Here's what's crazy about the telling you about the poster. Quick, of bigger, stronger, faster. Is when you see that original poster that we went to like Sundance with. I designed that poster. I said I wanted to look like the usual suspects, like these people are almost in like a police lineup. And then the guy who made the poster said, oh, you know what? We could actually put, like, a sign over their face. Like, the title could be, like, over their face, like, because they're ashamed of, uh, you know, like, they got caught and they're ashamed. Yeah. It's like, then we don't have to show their faces. We don't have to use their likenesses. We can we can use body likenesses. And so we brought it to a, a place in Venice that makes movie posters. And they said, hey, guys, this is going to cost about $100,000 to do this shoot. And I'm like, well, what's all the money for? Like, what are you you guys talking about? And they're like, well, look, we have to do a casting. We have to hire all the actors. We have to do the costuming, blah, blah, blah. So I I called Mike O'Hearn and I said, hey, I want to do this photo shoot. Can you get me a photographer? Yep, got your photographer. Can you find me a costume designer? Yep, I got one. Can you find me this? Yep, got one. So Mike O'Hearn hooked me up with all the people. That could to, could make it happen, and we made it happen on our own for about two thousand dollars. Yeah, smart. You know, we we just went out and shot it ourselves. It, this this like poster company. like we could make an amazing poster, but we'd have to shoot all this, and it's going to cost a lot of money. You know, yeah.
1: but you yeah. have the creative side to do that. You you're a very you're a creative genius.
0: Oh, thank creative you, man. I appreciate
1: genius. it. So, uh, you always have very good ideas, and I, I think that it's it's awesome to just to tell that little story right here on your podcast where. You can take a $100,000 project and do it for $2,000 and do it fantastically and put it out to the world on a worldwide scale and make it this big, big deal, right? Because that's what you did. There was
0: a lot of controversy with the posters for Bigger, Stronger, Faster. That was the one that we brought to Sundance. And then um, when the movie came out… the. The company Magnolia, they wanted to put out their own poster. Like everybody always needs to feel like they need to justify their job, right? So they made this other poster. Maybe Russell can bring it up. There's an alternate poster of bigger, stronger, faster. I have it on my wall in my house, and it's like Hulk Hogan, and he's like on a mountain of steroids, yeah. and he's flexing, doing like the I'm familiar the with the Hulkster that. pose. I've
1: been to your house. Yeah,
0: and that um, that poster to me wasn't as cool. I didn't like it as much.
1: No, but, that that one's cool.
0: They're both cool. They're just different, right? They're both cool. They're different, but that that original. Um, I mean, that, so that, they used that one for the movie theater, the one with the Hulkster on a mountain of pills. Yeah. And they were wondering why a lot of gyms didn't want put, to put it up in their – see, I think if we went with the poster that I made and we put that up in every gym across America, there'd be no problem with it. The no. problem was in their poster, Hulk Hogan was standing on a mountain of steroids. Nobody wants to put that in their gym. That's taboo. Yeah, nobody wants to put that in. But up, if but like, if you go outside
1: other. of every gym, especially the bigger gyms, you find like the the the, the, uh, the what's the, what's the tops call for the, the steroid. You find bottles? the syringes. anyway yeah. on the ground? Well, I don't ever see the syringes, but every time I go to oh, like the cap. I see a, like the cap of a steroid. Yeah, so here's bottle.
0: the here's the one that they made, which is actually a pretty yeah, cool that poster. One's cool. That's a good. One. Um, but I don't like it as much. Can you go to the other one, Russell? You have yeah. the other one up.
1: No, that's fantastic. That's a fantastic poster. But I also like the one you did. And I, I like it more. And I think that's what, you know, that one would have probably drew my attention too. But I don't I, know. I think
0: they're, I actually think they're both cool, you know?
1: Yeah. But, um, well, but, you go back to that original poster. Will we go back to the whole f- beginning of but the But I need to show you
0: something. Go to the, go to the, um, blue poster, Russell. Go to the other one. Okay. See, now check. I'll
2: get it. I'll get it.
0: Right. Yeah. So check out on this, um, poster. I talked about this before. There is a, um, there's a figure skater on there. All right, there we go. See, so, see, Russell, see the figure skater there? Yeah, yeah, that's the pointer on her. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's a figure skater, right? Okay. And at first it was a ballerina. And so you can see on the left, that's supposed to be like Arnold as the governor, you know, which is like really hard to tell. I mean, that was a weird time in history when Arnold was the governor. So you don't know if that's Arnold or just a politician or whatever. And then there's like, that was a ballerina. And I said, ballerinas don't, I I was joking in a meeting with our publicist and I'm like, everybody takes steroids. Even ballerinas take them. I was just joking and they started laughing. So then the next time I get the poster, there's a ballerina on it. They're like, well, you said ballerinas take steroids. I'm like, well, I was joking. And then they're like, well, what if we put figure skates on her? So now it's a figure skater because, like, that was their compromise. Hey, it was like, I was saying, absolutely not. I don't want a ballerina on the poster They said, okay, we'll make it a figure skater. Like, right. like that I was good. There
2: was, like, a Jack ballerina just, like, just all...
0: I haven't just... seen... But they don't have to be Jack to be on no, steroids. No, but, it's, it,
2: but you if... Get... if, if... He or she was. Yeah. That'd
0: be I wonder awesome. if I wonder if there is figure skaters that are on steroids. Oh, 100%. Like, I mean I'm sure Look, the guy's everybody's
1: on steroids in some way, shape, or form. You hey, know Luke.
0: I mean? Don't burst my bubble. <laughs> so Luke, man, let's talk about you. Enough well we didn't about... go back
1: to we gotta finish about the poster, why it drew me to it. Oh, okay. So okay. so I seen the poster and I seen you know, uh trailer park boys and I seen Bigger, Stronger, Faster, and I and I seen the movie I was going to get, which I have no idea. That's how much the movie meant is I had no idea what the freak I was going to get. So I I brought all three movies to it, but I said, I'm going home tonight and I'm watching Bigger, Stronger, Faster. This just, I don't know what it is about this, but I got to watch. I just got to watch it. So I watch it and I start freaking crying. Did we curse on this podcast? You yeah. Curse? You yeah, curse? yeah. Right. In that case, I start fucking crying. And, I mean, I'm balling. Like, it just hit me hard watching all the stuff with Mad Dog and watching the stuff with y'all. And, you know, I was on the fence. Like, I had already. Well, as somebody
0: that was a wrestler, you probably could relate to Mad Dog. I related Especially to all of it. being, like, an independent guy. Yeah, you know? I
1: related to all of it. And yeah. then I related. It's like I didn't know it was about steroids, right? So I had previously tried steroids. This is, ooh, taboo. I'm putting this out publicly for the first time. So I had, uh, I had previously tried steroids when I was. 25. I started. I started going to the gym for the first time when I was 25. Katrina hit. I moved to Florida with Canyon. And uh, Chris Canyon, who passed away, a dear friend of mine, he took me in after the hurricane, after Hurricane Katrina. Yeah, Mad
0: Dog was friends with Canyon, too. He was a great guy. And he was uh, later, came out that he was gay. He was gay. And I think that, that's a big part of why he why, committed suicide, correct? He did, yes. He committed yeah.
1: suicide. And it was a really rough thing for him. It was tough because uh, I loved Chris so much. I'll, I'll cry talking about him because he was very, very meaningful about guys with the name Chris, they just mean a lot. <laughs> there you go. Uh-huh. They but but Chris, you know, he always juggles with this thing, like with his sexuality. And he came to us very early on, friends early on. He told us he was gay. And he told us, you know, and he thought like we would hate him for it. And he go, hey
0: I mean, well, nobody in wrestling was openly gay. At the no, time.
1: not 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 at there that. There
0: was time. one dude later. But yeah. that was later.
1: Everybody yeah. knew Pat Patterson was gay, but he was office and it was a yeah, different yeah, thing. Yeah. And it was like but but Chris was one Canyon was one of those guys where like he hit it and he would go like have sex with girls on the side to throw people off from him thinking he was gay. Yeah. Because he didn't want anybody to have the idea that he was gay because he thought it would hurt him. And you know, he dealt with that for a long time and we talked to him about that. And uh, he just couldn't get it out. He struggled with that, man. It sucked. He struggled with it his whole life. And that's what eventually, you know, why he killed himself. I used to talk to him. And I, you know, I, I, I like to have in-depth conversations with my friends and let them be themselves, right? We did it this morning, right? We, yeah. You and I, we can always talk and be open with each other. Well, I would talk to him and he would talk about killing himself all the time. And I would say, dude, that sucks because it would hurt me as his friend, right? Yeah. It would hurt my heart because I'd be really upset that my yeah. friend wants to die. I get upset thinking about it. And, uh, but he, he said something to me that just made a lot of sense and I, and I could, I, me and my background and coming from my lifestyle and the shitty life that I had growing up, which we can get into or not get into, yeah. I mean, you know no, about we should it, definitely get into it. It was really bad. I, he said, why it's selfish for other people to want me to be alive when, when I'm not happy being here.
0: Yeah, you that know? was Mad dog all the time. Yeah. So when Mad Dog passed away, as as bad as it sucked and as bad as it hurt, it still wasn't the worst thing in the world because, like, he didn't want to be here. So you're like, okay, well, he got himself out of this mess that he didn't want to be in. And, like, I had a good conversation with today, and a lot of it was pretty serious about how much pain I'm in and about – and just so you know and you're aware – I never say I'm gonna kill myself because, like, I don't believe that. I don't believe I'll ever do that. I don't believe like it'll ever end like that. Right. But I just, I do have a lot of pain, and I try. You know how I am. Oh. I try to fight it every day. Every day, and I'm always like at battle with it. But I'm not gonna let it. I'm, I guess I'm. I'm gonna not let it beat me. You no, know?
1: and that's what I really admire about you. Not not just you being a good person. Is that that you constantly strive for better. You know, and if you've done so many amazing things and your family's done amazing things and your brothers done amazing things, like you know all the accomplishments you guys have, right? It's not common for a family. You're like a super family. I'm saying this really. You're like a super family. It's not common for your family to have as much success as it has. Yeah. Right? Like, most families don't have that amount of success all over. Like, there's, there's a few that do. Like, maybe a couple kids playing in the NFL. Like, well, John even, Jones. And, and a lot of people, don't, brother, they right? don't like, see
0: their value. I think you're right. Like, I, I get what you say a lot. And it, it, like, it makes me think a lot. So, I want to let you know that you do get through to me when you say it. You're like, you don't realize, like, what you've done for people. Right? And, like, you don't realize. And I think, like, Mad Dog was like that. And that's why... Yeah. I, um, You know, he's not here anymore, basically, because, like, he just never really valued his own life because, like, he didn't think he accomplished anything and didn't think he did anything. And I'm like, listen, man, you were the guy that was John Cena's first trainer. Like, we found him and brought him to you and you trained him and, and he made it bigger than anybody's ever made it ever. So if you don't think you have any accomplishments in wrestling, you're out of your mind like that's one of them right but there's also a lot others and there's a lot of other times yeah and there's a lot of other times where mad dog like you know what when we finish bigger stronger faster talk about inspiration not one person ever asked me how smelly's doing afterwards they asked me how mad dog's doing and i'd say you know what unfortunately
1: he passed away and then people would get all you and, know like oh shit i'm really sorry and you know what's crazy about that whenever i talk about y'all and this is no bullshit People know I'm friends with y'all whenever I bring y'all's name because I talk about y'all religiously. It's like, you know, you're, you're a big part of my life. Yeah. So the first name they always bring up is. Mad- yeah. They always bring up Mad Dog. Everybody has some kind of interaction with Mad Dog. Yeah, They're interaction or some form. story or yeah, something. And they just you know. like, you know, like I, I, all the time. And it's cool because you don't realize, he doesn't realize, right? How much that influenced another generation of people.
0: The most interesting thing about Mad Dog is you'll always hear a great story about him. You know, like even just for example, um, Mark one time went to go visit Mad Dog at work. And I go, oh, you, you go see Mad Dog at work? He goes, yeah. He goes, it was pretty funny. I go, why? What happened? He's like, as soon as I got there, I'm walking up to the front door. I'm about to ask the, ma- the bouncer for Mad Dog. And two guys come flying out of the bar. And it's Mad Dog tackling this other guy. And he gets him down on the ground. And he's like, and he's just smacking him across the face. And he's like, don't you ever disrespect our bartender again. And like every, every, you know, thing was like, yeah. And that was Mark's. You know, example of like, oh yeah, I went to visit Mad Dog at work and this happened. So and I, it was almost like every day you'd have those stories with the guy. I had were, a, he was just wild.
1: I had a friend of mine who, um, who was roommates with Mad
2: Dog.
1: But uh, he was telling me a funny story. He said one day he was, I think he was in the living room or something, and Mad Dog came out with a big old sweater on. <laughs> and uh, he had a shot of steroids. I don't you know, whatever the fuck it was. So he comes out and he looks at my boy and he has the sweater on. He just takes the needle, pops it open, sticks it in his arm through the sweater. Ha ah! And just like went back in the room, you know. And I, so he's like, "It was the wildest shit I ever seen in my Do life." Do not
0: try this at home.
1: Yeah, don't try it at home. But it was just that was like he was a wild man. Yeah. But he was he was very. I never got the. I unfortunately I never got to meet Mad Dog. But I knew of Mad Dog long before I knew y'all. Yeah. So that was the first. There's step. a couple
0: guys that really had uh, an eye out for him that really tried to help him, and I I think that they um, like Nova. You know Nova. Yeah. What a very great well. guy, man. Very like, well. I just he, went to
1: Alaska with him.
0: He would call me all the time and say, "Hey, listen, man, I, you really need to talk to your brother. You know, like just a real dude. You yeah. know, like how cool is that? Like you don't know, we? I tell people a lot of times, like. Um, like you said this with Canyon, like we don't have a lot of good friends that will stop. Like, it's like, um, and it's not like you should ever beat yourself up about this, but like with Canyon, it's like, maybe there's something somebody could have done. Like you, you kind of need to grab somebody when they're like that yeah. and, and say, Hey, you know, like you, you gotta, like when somebody says they're going to kill themselves, they're going to hurt themselves. I feel like you almost have to like jump in, even though you feel weird about it. You feel like like a dick.
1: But it takes a special bond, right? Because not anybody can yeah. just say it. Like, you got to have some respect for the person that's saying it to you. You know what I mean? Like, I know, I probably tell you shit you don't want to hear sometimes, right? Oh, yeah. Right? yeah. yeah. It's Absolutely. Just, but I feel I feel comfortable with you. And, like, I would expect you to do the same because you always, you know, you're always looking out for me. And I'll cry. I get emotional because of uh, how meaningful you are to me. Oh, thank like, you, man. Like, I'm saying, it. like, you and your family. Look, people out there in the world don't understand. Here's the thing. I made a living, a professional living, as as a wrestler, as an actor, as a stunt man, and I had a really rough, rough life growing up. And I'm looking directly at the camera to tell people at home that I had a really rough life growing up. I grew tell, up in a. Tell me about home. it. Yeah. I got adopted. We'll go into it, but I'm saying like everything I did was a struggle. Nothing was handed to me. Nobody ever believed in me. Nobody believed I would be shit. Nobody believed I had a. I would do anything other than being like the rest of my family and up in jail or in poverty and struggling drug addicts. You know, that's what that's what I was told my whole life. You're going to be like this. You're going to be like this. You're going to be like this because that's what I come from. But I had this drive that I did not want to be like it. And because of people like you and because of people like Mark and because of people like CT. And there's other people, too, in the business, like people that just were willing to just fucking hear me and give me the time of the day and not beat me down and say, hey, Maybe you're fucking up over here and you shouldn't do this. But what you could do is you could go over here and start doing this and just provide some positive. You can't influence everybody and you can't change everybody. Right. You can't lead. You can lead the horse to water, but you can't make him drink. So you can tell everybody, hey, in order to fix your life, you need to do this, 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 this and this. And this will help you get up here instead of here. Most people aren't going to do the
0: work. Well, a lot of people also don't know this about you is. You're not just a wrestler. You're an amazing, probably the best independent wrestling promoter in the entire country and maybe the entire world because outside of the U.S. there's not much great wrestling, right? So right. maybe in Japan there might be another guy. That's good. Um, but as far as like independent wrestling goes, um, a couple of years ago, maybe like 10 years ago, I went to an anniversary show of yours yeah. down in uh, Louisiana that you brought me out to. And um, like I said, it was the best. And I worked in independent wrestling. We brought John Cena into the business. I ran UPW. We brought a ton of people into this the business. This was better than UPW. You know, it was like, it was a really well run show. The wrestling was top notch.
1: Wildcat Sports. Wildcat Yeah, what Sports. is it
0: called? Wildcat.
1: Wildcat Sports. Wildcat Sports Entertainment.
0: Yeah, Wildcat Sports Entertainment. We could probably probably throw like a little highlight clip on oh, here hell or something yeah, yeah. as well. Yeah,
1: you, you can watch our, uh, our, our entrance video on YouTube. I mean, we got a lot, of, a lot of free footage up there every week. We drop free matches on YouTube. But like, if you watch our highlight, like our opening video, the highlight, uh, I think it was 2016 when we first put that together. We need to make a new one now. But we got a great, you know, a great. We had a TV show. Uh, we run a lot of live events. Now, November 12th and 13th, me, me and Billy Corgan from the Smashing Pumpkins, who is the NWA How president. How cool is that, by the way? National Wrestling Alliance president, right? He owns the NWA. He bought it. He revamped it. He, Billy did such a great job of revamping the NWA. Now, me and him are running a co event together November 12th and 13th in New Orleans. We're going to draw a few thousand people out there. And it's just crazy. You know, again, I come from nothing. And this is just, you know. It's
0: Wildcat 3K.
1: Wildcat with a K. It's Wildcat a K. Sports. Sorry, Wildcat Sports and Entertainment. You're throwing
0: Russell off over here.
1: I can do that every now and then. I throw some people off. I'm not for everybody. There you go. And watch like the entrance video. The show. Television should be more than an electronic tranquilizer. Is this it?
0: PJ Hawks. Oh, let's show this. Oh, you can watch my. All right, that's hold another. on. So, Russell, click on this Wildcat Sports PJ Hawks.
1: That's one angle.
0: Right here? Yeah. That's That's one angle.
1: That's when he jumped off his side. Okay, so let's talk about this. Pause it real quick.
0: So your son, this is an amazing thing. Your son's also a professional wrestler. His name's Perry. And film. Stunts and acting. Stunts and acting. I can't cut him short. He goes by uh, PJ. So this is PJ, your son, who's what, 18 at the time?
1: Um, 20? 20. Nineteen twenty somewhere. Nineteen twenty. Yeah, nineteen twenty. All right,
0: this is at a mall. Play it. This is a no 20, twenty twenty. And this has eight and a half million views on his on his Twitter. Twitter. Yeah, and it's been everywhere.
1: Yeah, ESPN aired the hell out of it. You know, yeah. SportsCenter was on ridiculousness. He, he just made he'll be twenty four in November. Watch this. this is he's about twenty. That's not so that that's just one angle of it. There's the other angles. angle looks even crazy. Oh, yeah. The, the bird's eye view is crazy. If you watch the bird's the eye bird's view. The bird's eye view looks well, insane. we had it shot from every angle. And, uh, yeah, you know, I, I tag team with my son. You know, I didn't have a dad growing up. I had a dad. He just didn't want nothing to do with me. So... Uh, I got. I went to a boy's home at 11. I got adopted at 16. Oh, 15 and a half. I was 15. Were your
0: 15. dad an alcoholic, drug addict, anything like that, well, or just an he, asshole to you? He
1: was just an asshole. He never wanted anything to do. I mean, he did drink and drugs too, but it, that wasn't as bad as... You know, it was with my mom's side of the family where they were just heavy drug addicts in and out I mean, they used yeah. to... They what was your relationship
0: be- with your mom? I haven't even really heard you talk about well, your mom.
1: Well, I push it off because she actually texted me this morning. Uh, like, I, I conversate with her here and there, but I, I don't talk too much to her because it's hard for us to relate. Um, for me, I, I have to step away from anybody that's in that negative zone because, look, it took a lot for me to get out of that zone. Yeah. And get away from the negativity, right? And they don't understand... The other side of life they don't understand a better quality of life because all they know is the low quality they don't understand work ethic they don't understand sacrifice they don't you know their sacrifice is just life in general like they were born into a shitty situation but i learned a long time ago that it was up to me to not stay in that shitty sh- sh- shitty situation it was up to me to get out of the situation right break, break the cycle so i did that and uh, you know i had a lot of help like well i all know although Like, I never had, like, just one person come give me the world. It never happens, right? I had multiple people, I can't speak to this, excuse me. had multiple people come through and just teach me different things and show me love and show me affection. And some would say, you know, some would let me, my adopted dad, right? He was my disciplinarian in high school. He never hounded me. Instead of saying I was doing wrong, he would let me make my own decisions Maybe sometimes drop a little advice, but then he would just go, oh, what are you thinking? What are you going to do? Yeah. He would kind of like push me into, you your, should do this. Your
0: dad that adopted you yeah. was like the principal he of was your school? A, yeah,
1: he was the assistant principal. He was a disciplinarian at the time. We turned into the assistant principal. But we had a good relationship. And, and how happened. did that all come about? So me and my dad got in a fist fight in the office at school. And... The police were involved. I had just got out the boys' home. The boys' home made the dad my dad take me because he was financially capable of taking care of me. I mean, he wasn't rich, but he just yeah. he had a house and he had you know, like I could live with my dad. So like he should take care of his kid. So it was a rough situation because we never got along, just never did. He just never liked me. And and he don't he, he we've talked about it, he doesn't understand why, he doesn't know why. We're we're in a better place now, but like I could you know you're never gonna be my dad, right? You, yeah, you never Weird, Make up for that. Weird
0: circumstances. Yeah, yeah,
1: but I'm cool with it. I'm like, I don't look. I, I tell everybody. I don't have any hatred or any ill will or feelings towards any of them because it made me who I am. Yeah. Everything they did made my brothers and everybody else who they are, which is rough. But it also made me who I am. Because, you know, I knew from a young age I didn't want to be a part of that scenario. Like, everything they did, I mean, dude, I, was, I watched my mom get raped when she was eight. I had to beat the guy off with a pipe. right? And I say beat off, that sounds like a sex joke. <laughs> <But> <laughs> yeah. I, like, I literally had to beat him off her with a metal pipe. Um, you know, my babysitter, you know, I tell these stories quite often. You know, my babysitter, I was probably 10-ish. Overdosed on the couch while they were going. And he wasn't a babysitter. It was just some guy that he left me home with. Yeah. And, you know, that was hung around, did drugs like everybody else. And yeah. they left me home with him. And while they went out, he OD'd on the couch. Yeah. Was, I'm sitting there for hours with a dead and body. And you're from and New kid, Orleans. I'm There's a lot New of Orleans. that shit going yeah, on, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but this was life to me. Yeah. You know, I watched my mom get her face well, you, you, pumped over. and saying get her it's her like New Orleans, you,
0: you grew up in a kind of a poor area, poor, right? I was like, the
1: only white kid in the black neighborhood yeah. all the time. You know, and that, that's what it was. Um, I, I, I grew up real rough, and I grew up fighting, and how I had did, a fight How did a lot. you
0: start to overcome some of this stuff? Like, you were, like, because I've known you for quite a while. Ever yeah, since I've known you, you've known you kind of had your shit together. Well, but I'm sure it wasn't always like that. No,
1: the boys' home started. You know, the boys' home started it. And like I, like I was saying, like, it was so rough because I would start, like, I'd be in, I would be... Like I said, I, I was a white kid in black neighborhoods, right? So I'd always get beat up for being white in the black neighborhoods. Yeah. Like I wasn't allowed there by, by not everybody, but like by some of them, right? It was just like, oh, you, why are you in our neighborhood? Even though I lived there because my mom's a crackhead and doing yeah. drugs. Like, um, so I'd go through those issues, and then I'd have my friends too, and we, we would just always fight. And then I went to the boys' home, and it was such a culture shock for me because you got to think. Now, I was legit a child, a child running the streets, like, different than what you see today. Yeah. You know, there was curfews, everything. But Well,
0: parents don't even let their kids out of the house now, let alone run the streets.
1: <laughs> right. You know? I mean, some do. Yeah. Not, not a good parent, yeah. right? You yeah, know, exactly. there's still parents like my parents out there yeah. that just don't give a damn what their kid was doing. Excuse me. Um, so so when I went into the boys' home, it was such a big culture shock because you got to think, I'm 8, 9, 10, 11 years old on the streets, all night long. Like I would go. There was a guy named Perry who managed a, a Little Caesars and Kenner. And I was like maybe 9 or 10. And I learned how to hustle. I would go. I said, hey, can I clean up the store and you give me a free pizza? So all the time, anytime I would show up he would let me clean the store wow. mop the store and he would let me take home make my own pizzas make them physically make them myself and take them home yeah so like i had all these hustles <laughs> and and i like was 10 do years that. old that's and, like, amazing. a 10 year old 10 years old doing that. yeah wow. so but i had to, to eat because my mom would like you know the, the food stamp god money or, guy, or welfare right? yeah god bless that guy the food stamp money welfare man was going to drugs and alcohol and cigarettes yeah. like we never had we'd always live with little somebody Caesar's is
0: not expensive either <laughs> but but, no. but to get it for free when you're that broke well, is amazing, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, and I mean, this is...
0: Little Caesars to give you like five is, pizzas for five bucks. This is
1: probably like, you know, 1990. <laughs> yeah. Right? So you yeah. probably think in 1990, I don't know what it was back then. Little Caesars were very popular back yeah, then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a big pizza Pizza, pizza. pizza. Yeah, it was and a big pizza it. Well, it used to be buy one, get one free, right? I that think it is. I, I think their that's
0: thing. their gimmick is like you get two pizzas. I don't know. Pizza, pizza. That,
1: so... I you take, I'm me interested. Out of, you take me out of that scenario Where I, I know how to fend for myself And you know I'm wearing my mom's clothes at school, girls' clothes to school I'm getting in fights everyday because I got girls Back in the day I had the tight jeans With the zipper on the side that said "Check on them No pockets, you know what I mean I'm getting made fun of because I got girl clothes on But I didn't have any clothes to wear to school so I and I hated going to school because I wasn't smart because I didn't have somebody pushing me in education. So, you know, yeah. anything like anything that I didn't pick up in school wasn't picked up. Yeah. So, you know, I, I was picked on. I was poor white trash. Girls didn't like me. You know, only people that wanted to be friends with me were the other poor kids. Uh, it was a rough life. And then I went to this boy's home where all of a sudden I had to start cleaning up making my bed waking up at a certain time going to bed at a certain time i have the bathroom i'm living with six other kids i think Five those kids. kind of
0: things are are so great for people like it's when fantastic. somebody goes to the military when i went to rehab they basically are like you're gonna get your shit together you're gonna wake up you're gonna make your bed you are going to do that and you're like oh wow that's how life should be and when you actually get used to doing those things it does teach you a lot of good habits what's well, a routine it's a routine. you gotta
1: learn these routines you know, in life to help you, right? Which and is I'm, interesting
0: because, like, parents usually <clears> don't teach those routines no. as, like, hardcore as that. No. But, like, when you have it hardcore, you just get up and you just do it. And right. you don't even think about it.
1: Well, because at first you have to do it. Yeah, yeah. That's what and I'm saying. And then you, you start doing it because you don't, you know, like, you just start just, doing it. Right. Because you're, you're in, a routine. in practice. And now your yeah. routine gets thrown off when you don't do it, right? Yep. So that's how I am. Like, first thing I like to do now is I like to wake up and go straight to the gym every day. I wake up. I chug that's a bottle of water. Weird. I chug a bottle of water, I brush my teeth, I get my stuff together, I leave the house 10, 15 minutes later. So you saw,
0: yeah, like what we did today, we got up and we just walked. Yeah. So like we literally woke up, walked out of the house, and just started walking. Got dressed and walked, yeah. Yeah. And and I think
1: that I'm kind of the same way with walking. You just get up and do it. Well that was good for me, because it stimulated me. And it gave me something I don't normally do. It did throw me off my routine, but I still got some progress out of because what we, we did, we got was, in
0: almost seven thousand steps this morning too.
1: We got the steps in, and we had some great, valuable conversation. Yeah, right. Where, 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 like, what I feel kind of pushes each other. Where we learn more and more. I mean, we know each other pretty well, but we learn more and more about each other. And. I'm going for a long periods. I haven't seen you in a few years because I've been so busy filming, and you've been so busy with everything. Yeah, well, COVID we did and all see you
0: um, in Atlanta for a little you bit. You came remember? to see me in Atlanta. We yeah. were, We were going to visit uh, the rapper Killer Mike. Yeah, Mark and I were helping him with his diet and stuff. And then uh, Luke was just
1: I was literally around like ten minutes away filming from,
0: from our hotel. So yeah, and,
1: and they hit me up, and we were just randomly connected. And I was like, and they were like, oh, I'm in Atlanta. Or something. I don't remember. I and mean, I was like, wait, where at in Atlanta? Because I'm in Atlanta. Yeah,
0: we were like real close. to. Them, yeah, yeah. Weird. I'm like,
1: oh, wait, I'm 10 minutes away. Oh, we just got to the hotel. Come on by. Okay, like I'm just getting off work. So that's so how that was like
0: the last time we saw each other yeah, just kind of hanging was... a little bit. But we didn't get to hang that long. No,
1: because y'all were busy. Y'all had, y'all had another dinner meeting that night. And oh, then, yeah, that's uh, right. And then I had to go because I had my stuff. And like I was in the middle of shooting. So I just had a little break. So it, it, it's good when we can catch up because I learned so much from you guys. And you guys have enforced those habits and those, you know, responsibilities on me to make myself better. And I've only – I was was ignorant. So I tell you, you don't know how much you mean to people. I mean, personally for me, because of all the personal stuff, you've been there with me and you know me personally. Like the people out there in the world don't know my struggle. They don't know. They just see, oh, this guy plays on the number one comedy on NBC. He's in Young Rock. They don't know well, that I was starving and learning sorry. and I'm wearing, wearing girls' clothes. And Like, you never treated me different from the day you knew me. You knew me when I was just breaking well, in. Well, look, I didn't know you wore girls' clothes. I'm, I'm actually <laughs> going to go. I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, you but you just – you didn't want nothing from me is what I'm saying. Yeah. And, 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 like, I don't really, – and when I met you, I didn't want nothing from you. I just wanted to cry, legit cry to you and tell you how much your movie meant to me and how it hit me at home. And
0: that's interesting because uh, normally people do want something from you. So you're like, for me, I'm always very guarded. Like when people come to me, you know, I'm always like kind of guarded. And then you realize like, oh, this guy doesn't, he's not even asking for anything. Like he doesn't want anything. I'll hang out with them, you know, but usually it's weird because like I told you, I don't really have a lot of friends because I never know who wants what. Right. And who's doing what and who, you know, so it's like it takes a while for me to like really open up uh, be friends with somebody. You know, Well,
1: we got cool pretty quick and we got really close very quick and you were very open with me and you were very nice to me. Well, and- also,
0: it's a give and take, right? Like you introduced us to CT. And I'm like, well, CT's so great. We kind of owe this guy one. Like, we owe it to him to just, like, be, be good to him. Let, and let, then
1: you just become friends. Let me tell you, he's bullshitting because he was lo- he was good to me long before I introduced him to CT. Yeah. So, like, 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 like he's always – him and his brother. The first thing Chris did was go, let me hook you up with Mark. You should meet Mark because Mark – and I knew well, of Mark. because you were in wrestling and everything. Right. Yeah. yeah, and you just thought we would get along well. So you did, and we, 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 we you introduced us, and then we started getting along. And the next thing you know – Without your knowledge, Mark brought me out to the podcast and brought me out to the gym for the weekend and flew me out and everything. He's like, hey, you have a great story. I want to tell it. Yeah. And, uh, and then you were like, wait, oh, you're coming out? And I'm like, yeah. yeah. And, you know, it, it just, we got super close from there on out. There's Mark Bell right there. Look at him. Looking Let's through see the if door. he comes on in. He won't uh, come in. No, he, he, he doesn't want to give us that cameo. He what? doesn't. Smelly. Smelly's
0: walking by, but he's he's no selling us. He
1: ran off. He's acting
0: like he's got something better to do. He says,
1: "Look, if he's going to be on a podcast, I got to be on my podcast." Yeah, he's like,
0: "You got to pay me." Yeah. Yeah. Let me uh, ask you a question because, like, I think that when you look at people's parenting nowadays, it's usually god awful. There's a lot of oh yeah things that we talk about, like the way that kids eat, the way kids. uh... But it was actually really funny. Speaking of way kids eat, you have an 11 year old son also. And a, what, 24-year-old son? 20, he'll Perry? be 24 in November. So you got Perry. Yeah. And your other guy, which Cali. Callie. I okay. always forget how to say it. Yeah. Um, and so he- is 11. 11 and he sent you a message the other day and said i know i'm eating this cookie right now but i burn 1500 calories a day so i'm all right you know yeah. <laughs> and it was like really funny because he's, yeah. he's
1: 11 so he's like very aware of that i go oh, that's really good that well, he's aware he grows you know it's a different atmosphere so he just did his first acting job on a television well i, so. I want to get to that
0: let me get to that okay get to so that. so what i'm saying is like i feel like you came from such a bad household with a bad relationship with your dad but you couldn't really have a better relationship than you have with your two sons. Like, one of them's a pro wrestler with you, on the road with you, and acting in a show with you. And then you got the other one, an acting gig, on the same show. Like, how does that happen?
1: I'll get emotional. I'll get emotional today pretty much because, this, again, this being with you is very meaningful. It's not just doing the normal podcast. And um, to hear you say that is awesome. But, you know, inside, it's not always how you feel. Yeah. You know, it's like. I always wanted a family because my family sucked.
0: Yeah, you didn't have one.
1: I didn't have it. And it was the shits. And I thought that having a kid young and. You know, having a second kid would do all that for me, and it's been wonderful. Don't yeah. get me wrong. Well, and
0: things didn't work out with the no, mom, no, but that's but, okay because you get along, get along with her. We get yeah.
1: along great, and she's a great mom, and they have a great grandmother who helps and a great aunt who helps, and like we, it's a team effort, right? The the, the the village raises them. Yeah, it really is. They really do, and we all work together. But coming from where I'm from, and knowing the pain and the heartache and everything, and uh, what I wanted. I'm chasing my dream, and I sacrificed so much to chase the dream of wrestling and acting and, and you know, all that yeah. stuff. I gave up so much time with them, and I still, I miss, like, I get to do all these amazing things with him. Like, people are like, why are you crying? Your kids are acting, and they're traveling the world with you, and they're doing this. Yeah. They don't understand, man. Sometimes I go 10 months without seeing my kids, you know, and that's, that's difficult. Dude. Yeah. You know, you're working on a project. You know, if I go to Australia for two months, I don't see my kid for two months straight.
0: Yeah. What know? kind and of pro- tell us a little bit about like what kind of projects are you doing. 'Cause you've been all over on everything. You were in uh the Wolverine movie. Yeah, What it, is that, Logan? Logan. You get killed in you Logan. Know, he fate, gets a- Logan
1: Fate of Furious. Yeah, I'm the big wow. i I'm the big kill in Logan. So if you pull it up, I'm the guy he stabs in the head. Like it was the most infamous pull shot it up. in Logan. Oh, and man, if I'm you if fly. you just pull up the Logan trailer, you'll see my picture all over it. Okay. You know, because uh, I was I was the shot they used for that. And that was that was groundbreaking for me. Um, you know, Fate of the Furious, Fast and Furious. 8. It's
0: great having a friend where you're always <coughs> like, "Hey, my friend's in this movie. He gets killed right in the first scene." You know, yeah, like, yeah. That was always little, that was that was you before the uh, Stone Cold. Right before the Stone Cold stuff. Yeah. yeah,
1: I was I was always the guy. I I, I made a living dying. I, I use that quote in uh, Outlaw Josie Wales with Clint Eastwood. Is it in this trailer? Yeah, okay. yeah. It's like almost towards what the end. What you too I'm uh, Brian Redman. That's me right there. It's oh yeah, go right back. Right here. that's yeah. him. Let's that's do me. it. That's my picture.
0: Wait, you clicked on the wrong one, didn't you? Towards
1: the finish, though. Did uh, I? Yeah,
0: you did. Click on is that top, the top one. Top one, one. Oh,
1: you're right there! That's him, yeah. Oh I'm God in yes. all of them. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's it. So,
0: is the... go to the end here. She, she needs our help. On... Keep going. You, you know where it is. When the music kicks in. I will let you down.
1: I will make you burn. Yo, it's coming.
0: We're going to get the hand over there.
1: I used to watch cartoons. Watch never, never, never Ooh, I used to watch X Men Never dreamed oh, that that would be me. Go back to
0: that. Let's see that again. Let's see him get killed again. Oh,
1: about that. Oh, yeah, It's a vicious okay. scene. And when he pulls it out and all the blood comes poured Still out, the neck, and, uh, I think it already happened,
0: Russell. It's before that.
1: I'm the worst this stuff like Yeah, right there. Then. So, yeah, if you click up the trailer, Logan, Redman, Look right, at that. They're, 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 like, my picture is the one, the main picture. So it's
0: cool. Now, did that actually hurt with those uh, things going through your head?
1: Well, to tell you the truth, that scene was very, very difficult. You know,
0: like, what do they actually do, though? Like, is that just CGI?
1: Yeah. The little yeah. things so coming he, out of your head? They had CGI dots on my head and the blood spots on my head. I got but you. they also had CGI dots on his claws. He had claws that were, like, about that long. And he would bring them up to my
0: Yeah. You know what's amazing to me is like how they do a lot of these scenes and how they shoot a lot of stuff. And what's really interesting is like you don't learn any of this stuff in film school. You'd think that's what you'd learn in film school, like how to perform a, a shot like that. But like, yeah. you don't really learn anything. Well, you learn
1: the basics. Learn the, the basics. And then like, it's up to you to be creative. The right? very basics. The good yeah. thing is you're freaking creative. Yeah. You're a creative. But there's, genius.
0: there's also like a lot of people in the special effects world. Oh, um, yeah. Amazing. That are. Yeah, they're just incredible people. Look,
1: film. You need some talent to be in film, yeah. right? And there's so many talented people in film. And if you go watch the credits and you go watch all the special effects, Well, sex, you know when you work on a
0: real set how talented the people are, like the costume designers, just an incredible. Yeah. Like they could draw any costume, they could like they could fucking make anything you wanted to, right? Shout out the, to
1: Laura Bauer who's a costume designer on Heels, phenomenal.
0: Yeah, see, Great. and it takes especially for like a wrestling show, you need a very specific you need to know how to make wrestling clothes. Like, we were talking about it yesterday. Luke and I watched WWE for the first time in ages. And we both agree that, first of all, the women have terrible outfits. Right. Like, and most people have terrible outfits. Like, right. most of the people in WWE, they had terrible outfits last yeah, night. It just, too many things going on. It's,
1: it's a lot going yeah, on. It, right. It's trying too much to be a show. You know what I mean, right. there was
0: something really cool back about the 80s when you'd like watch wrestling and like how colorful a 30 man over the top battle royal would look. It would just have all these different characters in it. And you'd be like, this looks amazing. That looks like fun.
1: Look, I can't knock him for trying, right? Because cause like everybody wants to be creative and everybody, you never know when you're going to have that right thing that just blows up. I mean, look, let's use this for example RuPaul. I'm a huge RuPaul fan. I have so much respect for RuPaul because of the groundbreaking thing
2: paul has been in the game for a long time. For a long time. Since we time. were kids probably
1: before. Right, exactly. Yeah. So how, how... Maybe this is the wrong word to use, but how uncomfortable do you think RuPaul was at first when they first had it, like that idea that they were going to do that right. and be that out and open and, and bring that to Hollywood, right, and bring it to the mainstream? They said, no, 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 I am going... To stick this down people's throats. Yeah. I'm going to, this is me, this is what I'm going to do.
0: The people that do that always get ahead. If you notice, the people that are willing to take yeah. those shots, they, they usually actually do come out. It you takes know?
2: courage to be authentic. Very much so. Everyone's terrified to be the real version of themselves. And, you know, Rupel found it early, right?
1: Yeah. I have this idea for a television show, one show, one episode. I want to do it. I just want to have like a round table discussion with all these crazy, not crazy. I, crazy is the wrong word. Crazy, it's, I mean, it's crazy for me. because uh, What I mean by crazy is they're all different. Unique. Yeah, very unique. Like, I want to have like, maybe like five people a conversation. And, and this is a weird five. So right, let's, let's see if I can remember all five of them. Donald Trump, RuPaul, Mike Tyson, Rob Halford, and who was the fifth person? There's a the fifth person. I'd have to think about it. we got four to the five right now. But then just, like, us spend an hour just talking. Just talking. Yeah. And talking about everybody and different things and different struggles. I think that would... Because, look, you take all those characters, and, like, not to add a fifth person in but you take those characters. They've all been hated, right? They've all been hated. They've all been loved. They've all done some wonderful, uniquely things that they've, they've, they've been groundbreaking, right? Uh, so, so, I... I think it's really interesting to take a group of people that just come from all different backgrounds, different races, different sexual orientations, and we put them in a room and we just talk. And And I mean, I'm not saying yell at each other and call each other out on BS, you know what I mean? Like, literally, let's just talk and let's talk about our struggles let's talk about how it was growing up and how it was for you coming up you wouldn't you unique. would see that
0: those people have a lot more in common than they would initially think they would you know
1: yeah i, I bet you and so. i think you
0: find that amongst everybody like even if you know if i'm eating meat all day and i sit down and talk to a vegan i'll realize like hey we have a lot in common we both really don't like processed foods and the way the food system is and blah you know blah, blah, blah 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 and you end up having all these things in common rather than just like hey just our main thing is sort of at odds but it doesn't mean we can't talk it doesn't mean we can't learn from each other it doesn't mean we can't all grow you it know? doesn't
1: mean we can't all be friends or we don't even have, you know you don't have to be friends with everybody but At least But respect yeah. everybody what's
0: all it right. what's it like to get a phone call to be on a show that the rock produces right and that they want you to play his b- biggest rival ever stone cold steve austin like what is that like that's got to be weird all right
1: you want the true story because i'm get a little heat off it but, oh no uh, was a little controversy, but yeah, this is the true story. So, I had finished up with Heels, and I had just finished coordinating Heels and acting on that along with my kids. And you know, Heels
0: is just a wrestling show on stars, star, about yeah, pro wrestling pro right?
1: show on stars, but it's not a pro wrestling show, it's a drama. Yeah, it just it, like the guy it's is in a pro the world wrestling, of wrestling. Yeah, yeah. Well, he, he's a pro wrestler's job, he runs an independent professional wrestling company in Duffy, Georgia, at yeah. his job. Right? And it's a great show. It's a great drama. Really good. Really good. If you got a chance, go on Stars. The first three episodes are free on YouTube. The first three episodes are hour long. They're rated R. They're, they're fantastic. You get sucked in. And this is Heels? Heels. H E E L S. On Stars Network. Like I said, the first three episodes are free on YouTube. So I just finished coordinating Heels, and then um, the Rocks people had reached out to CM Punk. And CM Punk reached out to me because they, they, they were looking for my contacts from Punk. So Punk want, didn't want to give my contacts out without asking permission. Yeah. permission. Any friends with him? CM yeah, Punk? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm buddies with Punk. Um, so Phil so had reached out to me and asked me if it was okay to give my contacts out. And I had said, yeah, of course. So uh, they contacted me. And initially, Shao Grow, excellent wrestling coordinator. He's the wrestling coordinator on, on Young Rock so uh, and that's in australia well shabo was originally scheduled to start another project prior to that that he had in the works and he thought he was going to have to leave young rock early so they had asked me to if i would be willing to take over for shabo because we were very similar right? mm-hmm. we, we, we work hand in hand and we work together
0: on as far as coordinating goes. coordinating goes.
1: things go, and coordinating is a very difficult job very 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 difficult job. it's not like acting acting is difficult too but it's just Everybody's lives in your hand, right? You, their safety, everything yeah. is is based upon what you coordinate. So, um, I I I said yes originally. And I was like, okay, this is cool. I'm gonna go work with the rocks people. Well, Shavo end up being able to finish up the project and not having to leave. So they go, oh, well, you know, after like two months of negotiations and we figuring everything out, they go, oh, Shavo actually worked out. He's gonna stay now. So we'd like to work with you in the future on something if possible. And I was like, oh, well, man, I just spent a couple months like, you know, going through this thinking I'm about to start this job. And I turned down two. I did turn down two other jobs for it. And I was a little upset because I passed up two film gigs that I could have coordinated. And uh, but I wanted, you know, I wanted to work with Young Rock. I really yeah. look forward to working with those guys. So a week after that happened and we, you know, they said they were going to, you know, hopefully work with me down the line. They called my agent and asked me to audition for Stone Cold Austin. My first initial thought was, nah, not, you know, like, for, my, my, I didn't have the confidence, to be honest. Like, my initial thought was, they're not going to pick a guy like me to play that big of a role. They're going to go with some massive established. She's like Hollywood a star. actor that's been in a million Like projects. Michael
0: Chickless is so yeah, called Steve Austin. Yeah,
1: yeah. And that's what I that's what I was thinking. And, you know, I sold myself short because I was in a million projects prior. Yeah. Acting and stunts and doing coordinating, right? Choreography. So so I just I, I didn't realize I'd worked so hard that I worked my way into a new bracket. Yeah. And I didn't realize that. So when I and I and I never I never um like imitated Stone Cold. Yeah. So I didn't know I could do it. So it was like, and I, I was also thinking.
0: No, I, I, can, you, uh, can you pull that up? I want to see Young Rock. I'm sure it's on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Let's find a little clip so we can show people what he's doing.
1: Yeah. So, so I initially, like I said, I never imitated Stone Cold. So, so, so I didn't know I could do the voice, right? Never tried it. But I was like, well, I got to knock it out. I'm gonna do this audition.
0: It's an interesting voice. It sounds like he's always goddamn yelling. Yeah, he's
1: got a little rasp on it. He's got some. Text and it's and like it
0: always sounds like he's trying to yell
1: at you. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. So um,
0: he called me up sometimes, fired up. He was doing the carnivore diet, and he called me up and yelled, "I can't stop chewing. I don't know what to do." You know, he's, like, <laughs> he's a madman. And I'm like, stop yelling at me, Stone Cold.
1: Well, does this look right here? That's it, right? Yeah, let's
0: see. Let's see a little of that. Here. Let's let's that's hear right. that. I didn't
1: even know. It. See, you're pulling up stuff. I don't go look at it. I'm stuff. telling I you, I know, know it's, it's up a, there.
0: Let's let's see. Oh, the Sheik.
1: That's my other buddy, Brett. Yeah, no, your buddy Brett is hard. Hired back so right after manager, he talks to Sheik, to he talks to me.
2: I promise I call during your match. So happens. about... Right here. i
1: us finish you, me, it off. I need to
2: find ultimate. Very rude in
1: this is where Jim. my first scene starts.
2: Jim. it. <laughs>
1: Steve Austin, the man who revolutionized the wrestling.
0: It's a good voice, man.
1: Yeah, I got a lot of. He uh, did good. good. I got a lot of a lot of high praise for that. I didn't get a lot of high praise for that wig, but that's a different story. That wig, The, I mean, the wig
0: the wig was the wrong wig, right? Uh, you well, told me it wasn't long enough or it wasn't it was, short enough. It wasn't short enough, and it would have costed $14,000. I thought he had longer hair. I guess when he, knocked, when he got into WWE, he had shorter hair. So,
1: so yeah, he had a crew cut. When he was at ECW,
0: ringmaster. he was uh, longer hair, right? Long hair. Stunning Steve yeah. Austin.
1: And then he went to WWE, WWF at the time, and he was the ringmaster, and he had a crew cut. But this was in Australia during COVID so we didn't have enough time to get the proper wig made it would have costed $14,000 and longer than we had to you know for the wig to get made so they did they, they got they bought the shortest wig they could find trimmed it down as low as they could without seeing the uh I, I guess the mesh the net. I don't know I'm familiar with it, the lining whatever the wig sits on that was as low as they could take it without ruining the wig so that's why we had
0: where are they shooting, Young Rock? Where's that happen? We shot
1: that in Australia, uh, in Gold Coast, Australia. We're going to shoot the next season. We're starting season three here shortly in Memphis. It's
0: interesting. Why do you think they do that? Is it much cheaper?
1: It was cheaper because uh, most of the, most of the cast was was um, New Zealanders or Australians, and they needed the coastal scenes. And you know, the, the whole first half oh, of they're the shooting it like it's Hawaii. Hawaii. Now, Hawaii is an island. Yeah. And everything has to be imported where you know Australia So it's super like, expensive. Yeah, yeah. So Australia is a whole country. It's a continent, it's continent, yeah. So like you get everything's there, right? Huh. So it's a way better opportunity. Plus uh I probably with I would imagine with SAG contracts and everything too, because if they're shooting in Australia, like I'm under a SAG contract because I'm a SAG actor and I'm yeah. from America. Over there in Australia, that doesn't exist. SAG, so a lot of the
0: cast you know, is Australian?
1: Yeah, like a lot of that cast now, like the, the main guys, you know, huh. the mom, the, the well, Australia, New Zealander. Okay, you know, the, the the dad is from Los Angeles, um, but a lot of the main cast, the Samoans, everything, yeah. they're from New Zealand, man. So they're all flying over here. But it, uh, we're going back to it, it's like what's not, is
0: there, it, Oh, go ahead. Sorry, I
1: was saying oh. when I shot the the uh, the first audition, I did the, uh, the three sixteen speech. Okay. And that was a little easier to do because...
0: You've seen it a million times. You've seen
1: it a million times. The second one, they called me up. They said, oh, I really like the 316 speech. They want you to shoot another audition. Can you give us a little of that 316 speech? uh, First thing I want to be done is to get that piece of crap out of my ring. (laughs) <laughs> Don't just get him out of my ring, get him out of the WWF, because I prove, son, without a shadow of a doubt, you ain't got what it takes anymore. And that's where it all starts yeah, off. That's, that's the first line. You thump your Bible, call your, your John C. 16. Yeah. But Austin 316 says, I just whooped your ass. Exactly. <laughs> the whole crowd goes, and the cool thing was when I did that on set, we're jumping forward a little bit, but when I did that on set, this wasn't planned, right? The, my last day on set, I went and did the speech for, for the scene and they had, I don't know, a couple hundred extras there. As soon as I finished, I knew I did a good job because the extras exploded. They weren't supposed to. Yeah. And the producers everybody and everybody behind the it. camera just stood standing up and started clapping. And I was like, oh, hell yeah. My yeah. whole voice, you know what I mean? And I was like, I got him. Yeah. Got him. I was pumped, man. Yeah. But I was going back. So, so, so they asked me to do a second audition. And I was like, damn it. I really don't have time to do it. They say you got three hours to do it in. Like this was a different day, right? And they're like, hey, they need something back by 6 p.m. It's you in they a want rush. want to just film it and send it to them? Yeah, and I didn't have no time to study, and I was just got off the road. I just got off another film, and I was really busy, and I spent some time with my 10-year-old, and I, I didn't have any free time to spend with him. And This was my first day with my 10-year-old. And I'm like, man, I don't want to do an audition. I really just want to spend time with my kid who I haven't seen in a good amount of time. You know, I just want to spend some loving time with him and let him know his dad cares about him, right? And yeah. Just one-on-one. And my agent calls me and she says, look, it's between you and one other guy have to shoot this audition. And I'm like, shit. Now I got to pick, you know, I, I got to sacrifice my time with my son again to, to do some work. And it's, it's like my only day off. Literally like my only day off. And I know uh, who gives a fuck, right? Everybody's like, oh, poor you. Poor you. No, that means a lot to me because I want to spend some time with my kid. And um, I said, you know what? I'm just going to have to teach this little motherfucker how to shoot an audition. Because I didn't have nobody there. Yeah. And I had to teach him how to read the lines. I said, look, I got to shoot audition, so I need you to help me. So you're going to film this, and you're going to say these lines. Bro. I got it on my phone. I don't know if I can legally put hmm. it out there. But when I tell you my ten year old came out hitting grand slams like to a T, the way everything was written. He did so much of a better job than I could have ever did at twenty years old. Legit. Like he reads better than me, everything. He's a very intelligent kid. Plays piano, whiz, speaks three languages. Whiz. He came out Rushed it, which brought my energy up that much more. So he sees his dad. I'm doing this with yeah. my 10-year-old. I think that got me the role. I literally do. I did the audition with my 10-year-old, bro. And I got the biggest <laughs> role of my lifetime. Right And I've been in some pretty big freaking things. I've yeah. been in some amazing blockbuster movies, and I had some cool roles. You know, They're small roles, but just to get a small yeah, but you role. Got, you got in killed a, by Wolverine. And in, in, in in one of the biggest grossing films of all time, two of them. You know what I mean? That's a big freaking deal. 2017, I was the only guy to be in the two biggest. Uh, only what actor were to be those? In the two, Logan and freaking Fast and Furious 8. Oh, Fast and Furious. Furious. What are you doing now? Uh, I fought the rock. I had a couple lines. I was somebody who I got fought the him. rock. Yeah. <laughs> I talked some shit to him and he kills you know, he bad guy me. Hired. I'm, I'm
2: that guy Hobbs for hire. Is that the Hobbs and Shaw one? No, that's no, it's the, the, the one prior to that.
1: But one. it's the one that The one right before This It's okay. the one that starts that. Yeah, yeah. When they first had the interactions they that just that big prison scene and when Dwayne comes into the prison, I'm saying, You're dead, cop, you're dead.
0: It's almost like not ridiculous enough. So that you're like, okay, this is completely ridiculous, yeah. right? But it's like kind of realistic for a while, and then it gets completely well, ridiculous. Had a
2: sweet spot in the middle, but now that they've just gotten so big, yeah, just so stunted, like the fabric of an actual plot has just sort of faded to the background, and it's. I just like, I, I'm, I can't anymore. I can't. It's like anymore. you drive your
1: car off a cliff and then it shoots the Batman's. Uh, yeah, and the and Batman came into the mountain and then the car climbs so the mountain and you're just like, which oh, is yeah. kind of cool though. But it's cool. If you could buy in, in. Dude, they're doing well, here's something, thing. right? This is what we got to think about it, right? We're thinking about it as 40 year old men. Exactly. If we were a 12 year old, 15 year old kid, we'd dope. be watching this yeah. going, this is badass. Yeah. So, so it is really good job. Right, You're 100% right with that. That's everything. That's yeah. wrestling, that's, you know, film, movies, Halloween. Think about it. When you were 10 and you seen Chucky, you're like, oh shit, Chucky, 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 let me get and the hell away. Now you're like, man, I kicked that little motherfucker right in his head. You know what I <laughs> mean? Like, right and step on his throat. You know what I mean? Like, that's how you think. This is just, that's just our mentality.
0: Yeah, but, imagine Chucky coming after you now. He'd be like, come on, man.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You I'd, can't I'd, do shit. I'd punt that motherfucker about 300 yards. You know? i squat 500 pounds. What do you think I'm going to do to Chucky? It's amazing. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So what, what's up uh, next?
0: What's going on now?
1: Well, we're getting ready to start Young Rock Season 3. Um, we're finished with heel Season 2. That just wrapped. That's going to be debuting soon. Where does Young Rock a...
0: Season 3 run up to? Do you know?
1: No idea. I well, have, where's um, this
0: one? Where did season two end? Ended season
1: like- two ended with Rock making his debut as Survivor Series.
0: Making his Rocky Maivia debut. Yeah, oh, so yeah. it's only to there.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. So I don't know what we have going forward. I haven't broke any down. Any, Yeah. So it must be
0: his whole like beginning, you know, nation of domination stuff. Probably. I
1: would, I, would, I would imagine that they would have to tell the whole story, right? Yeah. So you, we got some time. So I don't know everything that I'm doing I yet. wonder if
0: NBC will venture into the nation of domination or will they think that that's too racy?
1: I think they got to tell it somewhat, right? It's a part of his yeah. story. And it's a family comedy. Well, The Nation of Domination
0: was awesome, that whole time period.
1: I liked all that stuff. I, I liked, you know, that was, I was Remember a big fan. Remember The Rock went corporate? There. Yeah, corporate. Like oh my rock. god, he went corporate. corporate like he rock. was
0: yeah, he was down with like Vince and everything.
1: And if you watch the documentary some of that stuff and how much those guys struggled back then, not the rock and them. Well, even the rock and them like they're trying to find their identity and trying to stay on top and, you know, everybody the good thing was everybody was pushing each other back then, but it was rough, it was grueling. You know, you were yeah. there, you were around. We dude. have a you know, I have
0: a lot of people I know that have always like wanted to get into movies, wanted to get into, you know, stunts, acting, whatever like um It seems like you basically showed up, started doing stunts, just kept working your ass off, and then like it eventually led into like acting, yeah, all these other things. Like, um,
1: well, I went to school. Well, Not a school, but I trained. I trained for all this. Yeah, I never just like got in. I went to stunt training with Phil O'Dell. Yeah, tell me me about it. Like, so how
0: how would you how would you what advice would you give to somebody if they're like, you know what, I really wanna get into acting or get into stunts or or is do you think it's a better idea to get into acting through stunts like you did, or oh, is it like a, everybody's has their own path or
1: it, everybody has their own path, but it's a little bit both. So like if you're a stunt man, being an actor you just kinda like look down on you above that like stunt because like, like stunts are very protective and it's a very dangerous business and it's it's the key to film. Right? Without no. no stunts, there's no film. And stunts don't get the credit that they should get. A stunt guy, if you're watching me on camera, this camera right here, if I'm doing a stunt, I'm trying to hide my face so yeah. I can come back and get seen again. And if I'm fighting, I'm, I'm fighting yeah. like this. So. They,
0: they still deserve an Oscar, though. Yeah, yeah. You know, the best stuntman deserves an Oscar, and they don't get one, which is it, really stupid because the hair and makeup person gets one.
1: Yeah, it's yeah, dumb. That's a great
0: it's 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 and the hair and makeup person deserves one also. That's a
1: great point. But any anybody who works on the film should be nominated, right? Like right like, like any any job. Department, oh, you could be the I best
0: think. PA. Right, you know I mean, like
1: it, it's it, again. It's just like raising a kid. It takes a village. right? Yeah. we are all important on film set. The extras are important on a film set. Yeah, without extras, there's no film. Without actors in the no film, without producers, directors, this, well, that, like.
0: And I think, like, my advice to most people is, like, if you want to get into movies, like, you need to be around movies. You need to be on the set somehow. Yeah. So, like, even if you want to get into acting, if you're a production assistant, you're on the set and you're meeting the casting directors, meeting these people, and you don't ever want to like overstep your bounds. But you need to just keep meeting people and networking if you want to get into movies.
1: Yeah, but here's what just I keep want to climbing. tell people. Yes, it's about meeting and networking, but it's also about hard work. Don't let networking be your main thing. Like, every, I, this is a problem I see all the time. Well,
0: I, yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. You, you go there and you work your ass off, and that's how you get to know people. You get to know people through your ethic.
1: Yeah, and people don't do that. They just wanna be buddies. Like I, I, I'm constantly getting messages on social media on Facebook or I mean I messaged you on social yeah. media when we first met, but like it's like literally people asking for handouts. Hey, can you hook me and it's the rudest conversation. Oh it's the worst. Yeah. They just like, Hey man, I'm trying to do what you're doing, can you hook me up? And it's like somebody you don't even know or so, you know, what I mean it's always I had like a that. lot of
0: delusional people at gold. <clears throat> like I had this one guy that's like Uh, Hey, man, you know, I I was thinking maybe you can introduce me to The Rock and uh, because I I was thinking, you know, I'm going to lift for a couple years. I'm going to do a couple bodybuilding shows and then I just want to hop right into movies. And I'm like, you're nobody and you're completely delusional. Like
1: that's how people never
0: introduce you to The Rock forever. You know, first of all, and then second of all, what you're saying is completely delusional, you know.
1: But isn't it crazy that's how people think? We like, get that a lot. Real- I think
0: CT posted about that the other day. They're going to say, like, one more person hits me up and asks me to introduce him to The Rock. I'm going to, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, look, I get. Look, every time I'm on set, bro, people find out I'm on set, no matter who, who I'm on set with, they go to the biggest celebrity and they go, hey, my son, my daughter, my cousin, I feel bad, right? Because you want to help some people. And, and you know how it is. Because like, I know who I want. I wanted to meet you desperately
0: the number one way to get into anything is be somebody. Yes. It doesn't matter what you are. You have somebody and be fucking good at it.
1: Be good at it. Put work in. If you put, nobody wants to help somebody that's not helping themselves. So if you want to be something in life and you want people to help you and you need some guidance, you need, then you have to take the first steps and that's putting in tons of work and showing people, not just a couple months, not just a couple weeks. Like, but like what I mean
0: by like be somebody is like, okay, you want to meet C.T. Fletcher, or you want to meet the, meet the Rock, be the biggest, strongest guy. Give somebody a reason to introduce you. What, like uh, so somebody say,
1: you have to meet this guy. This guy's great. He does this. That goes to my point, though. How many people do you know? We'll take this a little round circle right here for a minute. Take, this, this conversation going to take a minute. You are at Super Training Gym right now, and you've been here for a minute. How many people have you seen come and go as a powerlifter here?
0: A lot. And a lot of people come through.
1: And they leave, right? Yeah, they They don't last. They come and go. They come. They want to lose weight. They quit. They want to gain muscle. They quit. They want to lift heavier weights and get stronger and be a power lifter. They quit. I'd say 90% of the people in the world quit 90% of the things they do. Exactly. And that's where we go round circle. If you want to meet people and you want to be more involved in a craft that you're very passionate about, you want to be involved in, then you have to put... Years and years and years, and it might not take years and years to get noticed, but you should be having the mentality that you will put the effort in for years and years. Look, I've been. It took me. I started wrestling in nineteen ninety nine. I didn't make a living to where I could quit my regular job until two thousand eleven. Yeah. So it took me twelve, almost thirteen years before I can like quit, and I wasn't comfortable. Like, I just got to where I was so busy with wrestling and training and everything that I didn't have time to work a regular job. And I was also making enough to with film and everything and wrestling to cover my bills. Right. So it took that long for me to go that far. Now that kept building and building and building, but you know, I spent a lot of nights crying, wondering how I was going to make it. If I was going to get a gig, if I was going to be able to pay, you know, the rent on our facility, if I was going to have students, if I was going to, I took so many initiatives to the, fail because yeah. like, that's what it takes, right? You have to take that initiative that you could fail. You're going to risk a lot. Now, it wasn't – I didn't just go jump off a cliff. I didn't just go, oh, I want to go yeah. swimming. I'm jumping off a cliff. I decided it's today. I, I planned out the things I wanted to do. And I thought about them and I, you know, and I, I picked your brain on some things. I picked other people's brains yeah. and I picked well, some Ellie's.
0: Another big thing is if people want to be in the business, they have to be where the where the movies are. Yes. So a lot of times, you know. Um, Georgia. Yeah. Well, like even living up here in like Sacramento and people say, I want to be an actor. I'm like, you're in the wrong spot. Like it's not yeah. Sacramento. You need to go to LA or at least you need to go to San Francisco. Um, but, you know, in Louisiana, a lot of the movie business went there. Yeah. A lot of the movie business went to Atlanta. And it's like, you got to be in those spots if you want to be in the In the mix. And
1: I I happened to luck out and be in Louisiana when it was booming. I met Danny Trejo. He was giving me, uh, me, him, and I had a friend of mine, Ron Bard, who took us to out one day. Me, Ron, and Danny. just to throw some people off. Ron's a psychic. He passed away. But everybody, you know, nobody believes in that, right? I didn't believe in it. I got on a plane with this guy who was a psychic. I couldn't tell you how many years ago, maybe like 2006, 2007. Uh, maybe even sooner than that. I mean, by, by coincidence, I sat in first class next to this guy, big, big fat guy, right? And he was funny story. Guy is hugely fat, probably about 400 pounds. And I, it was my first time riding first class, and, and I get on the plane. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, man, I want to say the joke, but, but I don't want to get canceled. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to tell you, it's, it's, it's funny. It's uh it, it's controversial though. So this guy he's heavy set. He, he's 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 about f- at least 400 pounds, and he sits next to me in first class There's two seats and the flight attendant was very rude to him. Like you know when you fly first when you fly first class people have to come up and would you yeah, like a drink, a would you like a blanket. Dance, yeah. You know and he was so big that he might he might have needed an extra seatbelt. Um So the flight attendant comes over to him real sassy and real mean. I mean, the guy had just sat down. And he goes, excuse me, sir, are you going to need special assistance? Just like that, like attitude, like real hardcore in this guy's face. That doesn't sound good. Yeah, he was an asshole. And the guy goes, I'm fat, motherfucker. (laughs) Bro, the whole plane, like, just bursted out laughing you couldn't help because i mean the guy spit it out of his mouth so quick my mouth dropped the flight mm-hmm. attendant's mouth dropped i laughed so hard that like he put this guy off you know yeah we'll put him in his place he put him in his place yeah 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 and and you know you, <laughs> bro imagine being on a full plane and this guy just put him in his place in front of everybody and this guy's a big guy you know yeah. and i was like instantly i love you dude who are you what's your name you're the greatest person i've ever <laughs> met in my life that was that was like you got him right <clears throat> and the, the guy didn't come around us for the rest of the flight like some yeah it was they a he sent a different <clears throat> flight attendant over there so so this is a funny story i don't i've never told the story publicly before um so i start riding with the guy Obviously, we're sitting next to each other when we're flying from Atlanta to L.A. Now, this is years ago. And uh, he starts telling me about all the stuff he's doing. He's like, oh, yeah, I got to go meet Danny Trio, and I got to meet Tom Hanks tomorrow, and I'm going to meet with Dr. Dre, and blah, 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 and... uh, you know, emperor of China and all this he, just it just like, sounded ridiculous. Yeah. It just sounds ridiculous. And, and, and everything he's saying, Oh, I got this thing. I got to go to this. I got, and he's legit just talking about his life, but to somebody like me who comes from nothing and, you know, and I've been on the wrestling scene a little bit and I, I think I may have did one or two films by that point. I don't, I don't know if I did any, I, I did my first film in 2006. So I don't know if I did my first film by this point or not, but, um, but like, so I'd been around celebrities and I've been around stars and I've seen rich people and all that stuff. But like, I still, I'd never been around somebody who just really just openly talked about their life. And it was yeah. just like all top of the line people, yeah. right? Like this guy didn't fool with anybody that was regular. I was a regular guy. Yeah. So we became friends on the plane. And he started telling me, well, I'm a psychic. And I'm like, is this how the guy knew all
0: these people? Yeah, he, he was their psychic. Psychic to the stars. Yeah,
1: yeah. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. He goes, no, "I know you don't believe in that shit." And he's like, "But uh we were supposed to sit next to each other on this plane for a reason." And he starts telling me all these things. He starts telling me like about my, my ex-wife and my kid at the time and my mother-in-law and my family and my upbringing, my adopted dad. This dude did not know me from Adam, bro. And I know people going to call bullshit, people going to like. Some people might even turn this podcast off right now. But I'm telling you, from the horse's mouth, this guy called me out on everything. He told me where my ex-wife had scars at. I had pants on. You see the scar on my knee right here? He told me I had a scar here and a scar here, and I had pants. He could, So there's no way he knew that. He knew that I was adopted. He knew that the day before, he said, my adopted parents are either buying a car or selling a car. They had just sold a car the day before, and they were going to buy a car that day. I wasn't talking to them on the phone. I wasn't around them. He just told me all this crazy shit that made me a hair stand up on my arm. It's one of
0: those things that no matter how much you explain it to me, I'm like, he's just mentioning some coincidences. Yeah. But, unless it, but if it happens to you, you'll be like, no, no, this guy, no.
1: like, bro, you swear that they know. So I started hanging out with this dude, right? Mega rich, mega rich. I didn't hang out with him because of that he was very funny and he was very yeah. really cool. And he took me in. He was just like, hey, you come from a different life. I want to show you some things. So he would take me out to like Hollywood. And, like, we'd go hang out. And now keep in mind, I still don't have a pot to piss in. So we'd go, and we'd go, like, jewelry stores and buy, like, a bracelet for me and a bracelet for him and, like, a bracelet for Danny and, like, anybody would hang out. Because he just had that kind of money. Everywhere we go, he tip people $1,000, tipping people $1,000, $1,000. And I'm freaking out because I'm so uncomfortable because I don't have nothing to offer. Yeah. You know, unless he's going to like try and have sex with me or something. And you don't know. Right. You're like, man, why is this guy spending all this money? I hope he doesn't try and make any moves on me or whatever. Like, you know, that was never the case. He was just a good guy. He was a great guy. He just wanted to show me someone of my stature. A better life. And that was really cool. And he told me all these things about my life. And um, I'm not going to get into details. And, uh, but, but he told me a lot of cool things and, and I said, look, you never told me anything bad. And he says, well, that's not the kind of guy I am. He goes like, if I seen somebody bad, like get hit by a car, I would just tell you like, look, like I don't, I don't project negative negativity, you know? Blah, yeah. blah, blah. So, so, you know, cause I was wondering about well, my you, family. You don't
0: make money that way either. No. Like, let me but, project you know, the negative I, things that are going to happen.
1: I was worried. I wasn't even worried about me, so to speak. I was worried about my family yeah. like, you know, my brothers and my. Are my brothers going to die? Are they going to overdose? Or, you know, who's going to be in jail? And that, that's the kind of thing I was thinking. Cause I, was, I was still not attached to them, but I also wasn't where I am today to where, like, I have a successful life and I have responsibilities, you know, like, like I was still growing then and trying to make yeah. it. And I, I was more associated with them then. And I still worried about them a lot then. I did because, like, I wanted them to change and I wanted them to do the things I was doing so they could be healthier and so they could be happier and not struggle, and you know, get off. All- welfare and food stamps and you know get off of drugs and all that so my mindset was I want to are, is, are they going to make it he didn't tell me any of that so um I just started really focusing on me he died a few years after that I spent a lot of time with him we you know we, we had some amazing good times he took me to do and uh one day he just passed away out the blue of a heart attack he was he was a heavy set guy he never lost but that it was a weird story you know, I've never told that on a podcast. It, this, this is weird for me to tell it here because, like I said, you, you, people will call bullshit on it. Yeah. But I just thought it was, a, you know, a, a crazy time. And, and, and he told me back in the day, uh, you know, that, that, that I would be a good father. And, you know, like I had my kid and he just told me that. I was, yeah. He told me like a lot of amazing things that, that, that I didn't necessarily know was going to be right it led me to some places today that I'm really thankful Met Ron thankful had those experiences. I had these weird experiences in life, bro. I've had a lot of weird experiences, but I've done so much shit that people can't relate to. And if you go back to relating, I'll break it down simply for everybody at home because you know, some people will say it's bullshit. Some people won't believe it. Some people will say, Oh, maybe it happened. Relating. You can't take somebody in California and they can't have an opinion of the situation in Flint, Michigan. They can have an opinion, but they can't really, you know. Speak have, from experience. Right, right. They can't speak from experience. So they really shouldn't have an opinion. Or Their opinion should kind of be kept to themselves, in my, in my opinion. That, that I'm not keeping. To myself. <laughs> but it's just, it's just because, like, look, rich people can't relate to how poor people grow up. You know, people with yeah. good families can't relate we, to my struggles. and, I, and We see a lot of that in fitness. Yeah. You know, like um,
0: the people that are shredded, they don't, they're not relating necessarily to to like us that aren't shredded, right? And they're going to tell
1: you what to do, right? Yeah, they're
0: going to tell you what to do. And you're like, that doesn't really fit into my, you know, it's like, it's hard for that. You know, hey, just do this. And you're like, I've been doing that for years and it's not working. (laughs) Very
2: similar vibes to just pick yourself up by your bootstraps. Similar vibes to that sort of thing. Yeah. Well, yeah, there is a lot of truth to that, but that's such an under.
0: Yeah, or, well, or like the people that it. can't relate being like, you need to be in a calorie deficit to lose weight. You're like, I know that. I just can't get there. Right. You know what I mean? Like right. it's right. easy for you to say, but right. like I it's hard for me to I'm do. I'm struggling. Exactly. Yeah.
2: So that it, sounds like get a job, pay your bills, yeah, pay your taxes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, and that's, that's the,
0: obvious, right?
1: And that's the same thing. It's the exact same thing. So, you know, we're all different and you know, I just ask not to be judged from my experiences because they're my experiences. You know, I can tell you my story. And I can tell you 100% that I'm not lying. Like everything I tell you is 100% true. And this is what happened to a T. Yeah. Right? But I come from such a wild life. It's amazing that I'm even sitting here with you right
0: now. You know, we've had this conversation before. But this is definitely a very important question. Because people are probably thinking it out there. You've done like everything in wrestling. Except for be a contracted WWE wrestler, sort of like Mad Dog, right? Right. And like Mad Dog would always think like, that's his identity. Like if he doesn't make it in WWE, he's a loser. He didn't make it. But to us, he had done so many cool things, wrestled so many cool people, done so many cool things. And like, I've talked to you about this several times. It's like, I've I've always asked you, because for some reason, I think it should, it's probably... I don't know. I just think it's normal to have that goal of like being in the WWE and being like a signed contracted guy. And you've never seemed to care about that. Why is that?
1: Well, I did back in the day. I cared about it. It meant everything back in the day. But Yeah, because that's well, it was the only place to go. Right. So if you were going to make it, that's where you had to go. But that shifted for me over the years because I I learned that from having a strong work ethic and, and caring and being so passionate about what I do. That I never gave up. I just kept pushing, pushing, pushing. Like, I was supposed to have a contract a few times, right? We, you, I think, yeah, you told me that yeah, several times. We had ahead. the falling the outs with the contract, like when, when they went through the fire and everything and the Crispin Wall shit. And, you know, I was getting hired in the process of all that. So I had these big letdowns where I was like there and like literally about to sign a deal. And then some shit happens and everything hits the fan. And I just, luck of the draw, was on the outs, right? <clears throat> Always managed to work with them. Always wanted to be there at that time. But what I noticed is from me working so hard outside of there to be there, it transitioned into the film world, into other wrestling acts as well, and it put me in bigger positions. So every time I would go there, the people who worked there were always like, I'm trying to do what you're doing. I really want to leave here and come do what you're doing. Can you help me? It's really fascinating, right? Because like
0: you almost skipped over like um, The Rock – had to wrestle for years and get really super popular before he became like a movie, like before he got into movies. John Cena, same thing, got into movies. A lot of these other wrestlers, like... There, you know, you'll have, you know, you'll see like little bit parts and different people like in movies and stuff. Barely, they, they had to work forever to get yeah, there. Work forever, yeah. You know, Batista's been squeezing in some good shit, and he's he actually a, crushing, a really great actor. He's a great actor. I mean, yeah. the, the things that he did in Guardians of the Galaxy were hilarious. Yeah, Batista's and, crushing, and him, man. he's kind of good. You know, he's got like a good range to him. He's a good
1: guy too. He's a, he's a very I like guy. Batista yeah, a lot. Yeah, he, he yeah. helps a lot of people. He's a yeah, good guy. he's
0: sick. I like him. Um, he like i said like all these guys like work 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 and obviously like they were big stars in wwe and they're getting pretty big movie roles um but you're you're on a network television show like you yeah, can't really beat it, that as you big know? as it gets yeah so as big it as it
2: gets and you get he kind of like into fell third into it season yeah. that is i mean
1: well this is my, my second second season because oh, it's, it's their third season i, I got i debut because it's his timeline of his life but, but here's I mean, the thing with
0: young rock i think it's got at least two more seasons left because like you have to go through the whole attitude era, and you have to go through like after that, right? So it's like it's at least got two, maybe three more seasons left. Yeah, and you'll be in all of them because Stone Cold goes through the whole storyline.
1: Exactly right. I, Unless I,
0: you start doing a shitty job and they kick you out uh-oh. and yeah, they
1: hire Smelly. Uh, I remember a hey, one night I was in Australia, and uh, this is before I started. It's a little funny. So we got to go back to the to, to you know the wrestling and all that stuff. Too, but funny story is uh like night before I filmed. I was working myself up for some reason, which I never do. And uh, I was just practicing. Couldn't get the voice. I was like, shit, I can't get the voice. And I got to film tomorrow. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? What am I going to do? And finally, I just had to tell myself, man, you're in your head too much. Just go to fucking sleep and wake up tomorrow. And, 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 and that's what I did. Like I was just, you know, like you, you realize how much of an opportunity is and how big it is and uh, how far you've come. And it's just, it really is amazing. I
0: find when I'm like doing impressions of anybody, anything, the easiest way to do it is just keep, keep listening to the person over and over. Yeah. You know, and it's kind of fun. I can do, I have like a lot of good wrestling impressions because for some reason I can speak in good um, wrestling voices, but I can't really do other impressions. Yeah. You know, you know it's hard to, uh, a hard you? impression is Joe Rogan. And I, I listen to him so much, but I can't duplicate the voice, which is weird. I, like, I always kind of try to do it, and I'm like, I can't really get it.
1: Tim
0: Dillon's impression. Well, Tim, is so Tim Dillon's is ridiculous, man. Like, it's all like, yeah, man. Yeah, nah.
1: it's,
0: it's weird. It's not. It doesn't sound like Rogan. Well, everybody who does a do. wrestling
1: impression, who do they always do? Come on.
0: You do the Hulkster, right? Hey, H- Hogan what you gonna do, man? brother? Yeah. yeah. Ooh,
1: yeah. Oh yeah. Most, yeah.
0: most people's macho man is pretty bad too. Like it's not yeah. that good.
2: Yeah. And you're or, always like, that's not a great or, macho Or uh oh
0: Woo Oh Flair. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I used to do a good Andre the Giant impersonation when I was a kid. Yeah. So I used to do we used to go to like family we'd have like family gatherings and The whole family would be, like, circled around, and I would be doing wrestling impressions. So it was, like, the Hulkster, Andre the Giant, Macho Man, the Ultimate Warrior. And I'd have all the promos memorized, you know? Yeah,
1: of course. You loved it. Yeah. You know, it was your blood. That's how I was. I loved wrestling. But that's where it it goes back into it. So I wanted to be in WWE. But then I started making this transition over into film, and I seen how unhappy people were with WWE. And then... Not only that, it's like everybody wanted to leave. Like they got up there and it was such a grind. I still wanted that grind. Yeah. I wanted that grind and I did. I really wanted it. Even though I was making good money and, you know, contracts they were offering at the time, I was making more visuals from films. So so I was better. It was smarter for me to stay with films because I had health insurance, my kids had health insurance, I had 401k retirement, all that yeah. stuff. So so that's why I made that transition. I
0: also believe a lot of wrestlers don't take advantage of like if I was if I'm like young now, like the like I'm wrestling age now. Yeah. I'm thinking like let me sign with the WWE, get my name out there. By have millions of people see me and then launch into acting or launch into something else and like Boy, that's what they all don't, want to do. But, but I don't thing, think a lot of people really take advantage of that. They can't
1: like, they can't because just because you're in WWE doesn't mean you're a star.
0: No, you have to they, make yourself a star on yeah. social media and other and, and through other ways and that's what I'm saying. It's like yeah, they build you yourself platforms up
1: platforms and everybody feels that they're this big star because they're on television every week. But that doesn't transition no. into the real world because you, the wrestling market is this big. You look
0: at the UFC and you have guys like Sean O'Malley or Colby Covington, the guys that can really talk smack. They've made themselves into stars. They're good fighters, really yeah. good fighters, but they've really manufactured themselves into stars because they're
1: And you also you they're can't out there always doing do that it. in WWE. They control how much you do. Yeah. I mean, look at Zack Ryder, right? Uh, Matt Cordona. Matt Cordona basically invented the internet. for yeah, they owe him a lot because like he was the first one to put all this stuff Listen, on the internet and they took-
0: I, I am gonna tell you, I worked for WWE in 2004 and every single thing I would present them, they would turn down and they're doing all of it now. I said, everybody, in, everybody here should have a social media account. And they're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, well, everybody yeah. should be on something, on some sort of, and it was before social media was big but like MySpace or Facebook or something like that, there was was something out. And I'm like, everybody should be on there and we should have a guy that like live streams himself. Cause you could live stream back then. I'm like, you should have a guy that like, um, we wanted to have a guy that came out on like a skateboard and fucking live streamed himself and did all this kind of cool cultural stuff that was going on at the time. And they were like, Oh, it's too early for that.
2: Fucking boomers. It's
0: too early. Well, (laughs) I'm saying it's too early for that. Now, well
1: now they're doing all that kind of stuff. Of course they are. But you know, Wrestlers need WWE and WWE needs wrestlers. So it, it, it's one of those things where they scratch each other's backs. It's also a kick. Yeah. Because you got to take this contract where you're an independent contractor, but they control you.
0: Well, you're, you're right. Because I worked there as a writer and you could pitch amazing ideas, idea after idea. And no, like nobody would listen. Nobody would even care. They'd just go, okay, on to the next thing. And you go, no, no, but I just pitched you an idea. Like, are we going to talk about it? And they're
1: like, nope, on to the next thing. Yeah, so I had transitioned that into film work. Yeah. And like people really respected what I did. So, and they liked my ideas and I was making these strides over here in the film world. Now, yeah, it was hard, don't get me wrong. It not it wasn't, it wasn't just like people were patting me on my back. I mean, I was going hard as a motherfucker trying to, you know, plant my feet in, in wrestling and film. Like I was yeah. doing both. I wasn't I, I, it was it was right down the middle. I wasn't showing love to one more than the other. I was like, "Hey, I'm going to do these things." And fitness came along with that. You know, and you guys helped me a lot with the fitness stuff because there was a lot I didn't know because of my small little bubble, right, down there in the New Orleans world. And um,
0: I it, feel like Mark and I turned you on to like almost everything that you do now, right?
1: Oh, yeah. Like,
0: I mean, um, like, like, like stand efforting training and kind of yeah. like a vertical diet type yeah. diet. Yeah, and yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, I feel like a lot of it was... Uh, well,
1: that's why I get emotional when I talk to you and when I say these things. Like I, I tell you, you really don't know how much you see, guys affected but, me.
0: But to us, we, we're like... We're more like uh, we picked you up and put you on our team. Like, you're like, yeah, like you're hey, jump on, yeah, jump on because uh, cause we knew you would do – like we know you're not lazy and that you'll do all the things that we told you to do. Yeah,
1: you just influenced me to other options to make myself better and that you opened those – since you opened those doors for me.
0: It, all you got to do to be friends with Mark and I is just listen to what we do and have some success with it and we'll, we'll be your best friend. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we um, – I, look, man, I was telling Russell and I were talking about this Russell and I get so good Get along so well because he's on the plan. Yeah, you know And he's and he's doing it and I always say like you just got to be proud every day that you're doing it And I think that like everybody's got to look at that and just be proud that you know I'm probably the worst person to say that because I don't get proud of a lot of things I do No, you don't but you should always be proud of being on the program.
1: Yeah, you're very hard on yourself But that's also what makes you as good as you are, you know, because you're so hard on yourself um we, we talk about it all the time, and you know. And every time I see you, I compliment you, right? And I tell you what you mean to me, and I tell you, you know, how important I think some of the stuff Just the type of person you are. I, I, I tell you that because I'm your friend, I think it's very important for you to hear that. Yeah. You know, and I don't know if you always hear, it, or if you hear it, it comes from somebody from the internet who follows your page, yeah. who you might not have a personal connection with, but like they get something from you, right? They, they idolize you. That's what we all do. When we see Michael Jordan dunking a basketball, we don't know him, but a lot of motherfuckers are wearing jer- jerseys with twenty three on it, trying to slam at the yeah. court. You know what I mean? Like that's just a, you're the same way, dude. Smelly's the same way. Yeah. You know, so. It, but it's important for you to hear it from people that you are personal with and that, you, you know, you have these connections with. And that's why I will always sit here with you and not just on camera, off camera and talk about life and talk about real life shit and tell you what you mean to me because it's important to me for you to know what you did for me.
0: Well, Thank you. I, I really appreciate it. Russell, you have any uh, questions for this man before we let him roll?
2: No, that I, I was we don't end on that. We're making a mistake. That was beautiful. It's really well said, Chris. I, you and Mark offer inspiration to the world, to anyone that'll listen. And it's so rare. It's, and, and it's well, we, obviously how Mad Dog carried himself as well. We get up
0: in the morning and we kind of do the same thing every day. And we kind of love it. You know, kind of have like a love-hate relationship with it, like I've told you. Um, because I have a lot of pain, I don't really love lifting anymore. I don't even like it anymore. But I still do it. I'm always going to do it. I'm never going to stop doing it. And when I say I don't like it, it's only like I don't like it for right now because I'm in pain. When I figure out how to get rid of the pain problem, I'll probably love it again. Yeah, like I really do love being around it. I love being around the gym, but it hurts to be around the gym and not be able to do some of these things that you want to do. Right, know? right, right. So, um, so we'll get there. But yeah, well, let's just end it on that, man. I love you, buddy. It was awesome yeah, to have you here. Yeah, it's I, great I, to have you in town. That. And hey, uh, good luck with everything moving forward. And More good luck to
1: come if I don't get canceled for saying. That,
0: yeah sorry. yeah well look you know it's amazing how you've gotten yourself onto this tv show and then also got your two kids to act in the tv show and
1: we didn't even get into all that we stuff. didn't get into we, it, it we, but it's it's, it's pretty, pretty crazy both of line, his kids
0: yeah. are on heels with him next time you're into it we, yeah, yeah which yeah. is which is really really amazing i i just think you've come a long way buddy so yeah, i love have. you buddy thank
1: you i love you too man i appreciate cool, man. everything all right peeps peace